guys, welcome back to the Squats and Sushi podcast. Uh, we're your hosts, Sammy and... And today we have a very special guest. We have Victoria, or Vic, as we call her. She is the first uh, UK IFBB wellness pro. Is that right? No, that is not, not the first Oh, one. no way! <laughs> no, I think there's been quite a few before me. Yeah. Okay. Um, but- well, still, she youngest. Youngest. I think so. Maybe, maybe the first Russian as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, and wellness, if you guys don't know, is quite a new federation. So it's quite cool to actually be able to talk to Vic because I don't actually know a lot of wellness pros. Um, and she's had quite an eventful year. Uh, she got her pro card this year. So we're going to touch on that. And just generally about how she got into training, um, ask her some questions about the wellness division, what her plans are. Um, So I'll let Vic introduce herself. Uh, Do you want to tell us a little bit about, you know, yourself, how you got into training and anything else that you want to add? Yeah, so I started training at 16. I'm 21 now, nearly 22. And initially I joined because I... I just felt very insecure about myself, uh, especially my body, like being skinny. Um, The older I got in my teens, I became more self-aware, like self-conscious. And I just thought I would feel more confident with some more weight, some more muscle, um, as superficial as it might sound at that age, especially. All I wanted was some glutes, really. So yeah. I just started training my glutes and legs obsessively. Um, of course, at first I didn't really know what I was doing. I just did kind of full body, lightweight workouts every day. I was also a vegan. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, for the animals. But um, did you yeah. have did you have someone like who introduced you to the gym, or were you just doing your own thing? At so the it time? was my mom. Um, okay. My mom, she's always worked out. She's always done like aerobics and different things, uh, some light bodybuilding. Uh, growing up, I was watching her. So um, she's the one that kind of made me join the gym because, well, at the time, I just wasn't really doing much with myself. Um, I didn't have anything better to do. And she just showed me some basic exercises. She showed me some deadlifts and how to use the machines and then I just kind of started to understand and I was like oh oh wow this is like really fun I'm quite good at this um I'm learning pretty fast and then it teaches you discipline as well from an early it completely transformed my life um it just took over that's all I cared about at the time and I just spent all my time in the gym did Um, you do a lot of cardio like before you got into weight training or did you go straight into training i never did cardio no oh that's good that's different all they do is cardio. yeah yeah most girls they're like scared of the weight area so they're cardio bunnies and then they go into weight training um right so let's start first question um you when you first started training um and you kind of got interested in competing um you wanted to go for the figure division is that right 
Yeah, I mean, when I first started training, when I was still a vegan, I thought my mum actually suggested this that I could do bikini because that's mm-hmm. how I looked at the time. Yeah. But then the more I trained, the more I started to understand. Actually, I'd like a physique. I just started to watch some, you know, women's figure and physique athletes, and kind of emulating their training a bit more. Yeah. Um, when did you decide, like, okay, I want to compete? When did you think about doing figure? Um, it was actually December 2020. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that March, March 2020, yeah. Um, I'm going to show no, the listeners. December, um, December 2019, I decided to compete in my first figure show. And then March 2020, I started my first figure prep. Mm-hmm. And then the first lockdown happened and obviously everything was like canceled and then I just had a long time to kind of look at myself objectively and have some time to reflect and talk to my coach Um, and just it was kind of clearer to see I think I'm better suited for wellness for wellness okay so here the pictures you're looking at um some of these videos that's me when I was still really into the figure training yeah exactly that's Um, what I'm trying to show is like how you how you looked when you were more kind of your goal was figure exactly um I used to hammer chest chest and shoulders and back like really heavy Mm -hmm. kind of blow up up top that's mad actually trying to catch up my upper body to my legs yeah but it was working I was gaining upper body muscle quite well Mm -hmm. in the end you know wellness just felt right yeah so So then you can see you're already better suited to wellness yeah I've downsized up top up top Mm -hmm. and so what what did you do with your training when you decided that you're gonna do wellness did you just reduce your upper body training um you know what did you what was your kind of protocol yeah definitely reduced it um so i swapped my push day and back day for just one upper body day just doing back and shoulders and no chest Mm -hmm. Um, i have trained chest since about september yeah yeah and it's been a lot lighter as well. I've not really been going that heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many days do you train legs? So I do, um, most weeks I do um, legs, upper rest or legs, upper legs, depending how I feel. Okay. Yeah. So there's like a slight bias towards leg training, but you still obviously uh, train your upper body um yeah. no that's really cool um and obviously this year was your first prep that you ever did um so how was your overall kind of experience of doing prep um you know how how did it go so overall it was a very good prep i think you know everyone's prep is different every prep is hard but i think mine was kind of on the easy side because it was lockdown i could mm-hmm. really focus on my prep um you know I wasn't going to work um I was working from home which made it a lot easier Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and having a bike at home as well made it Mm -hmm. and because I started the prep on such high calories 
I think I was around 4,000. Um, I don't track them, but it was That's a lot. <laughs> in the <laughs> yeah. And so even like peak week, I still had quite a lot of food, I think. That's, That's, awesome. really That's the best place that you could be in. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah. question about your prep. Do you do meal plans or macros or half-half? What was your prep like? So I've never done macros. It's oh. just meal plan, um, just quantities, and then add in or reduce. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Week. Yeah. Um, no, that sounds really awesome. And I guess like when you look at your physique, when you um, when you competed, you didn't have an ounce of stringiness. So you didn't look like your physique was tired or over dieted. Like you just had that perfect balance of condition and muscle and I think that's literally what they look for um, I think they even said that uh, I remember hearing it somewhere when they were talking about your physique they were like yeah like there was perfect balance of condition muscle um, and I think it's so difficult to nail that and most people either just don't come in condition or they've over dieted you know so yeah it's amazing for your first prep to be able to go through that um, and obviously now uh, as an IVB pro um have you decided then to take uh the rest of the year off to go straight into an off season um what are your sort of plans moving forward so definitely a year off um to improve physically but also to mentally prepare mm -hmm. for the next prep again yeah. i haven't actually picked the show mm -hmm. okay. definitely Sam telling me sorry um, Sammy was telling me that you competed twice, right? Yeah, so the shows were two weeks apart from each other. Okay. Yeah. What was the feedback from the judges? Did you like get feedback from the first show and then apply that to the second? What did they say in the second? Um, I didn't really get much feedback. It was quite minimal. Um, okay. I think one of them from the first show was to come in a little bit fuller that I was slightly too dry or something mm -hmm. along those lines but from the second show um I don't actually remember my feedback I don't think I've got any um but just you want so I think it was perfect I was but... gonna say it's quite difficult to get <laughs> I, I there's still a lot to improve like to be a competitive pro especially as wellness develops yeah um, yeah but just looking at myself objectively I know it's the waistline uh midsection uh, that's my weakness and okay. also better glutes just a bit bigger better tie-in yeah I guess in proportion to like the rest of your body um because obviously your glutes are developed but you have to then start looking at proportions when it comes to you know specific categories um so that's basically what you're working on now is just developing your glutes more um what's your like how have you structured your training for the off season now? So it's remaining pretty much the same. Um, uh, I do two or three variations of a leg day mm -hmm. where I do similar exercises, but different versions of them. Mm. Um, but it's basically the same legs, upper rest, mm -hmm. repeat. Or sometimes I'll do legs, upper legs if I feel quite recovered. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, are you under anybody? Like, who is your coach? Yeah, my coach is my partner as well. Uh, his oh. name is Hugh Saler. Yeah. 
And cool. also has a mad physique as well. <laughs> Genetically gifted, but he's a very good trainer. He's yeah. very knowledgeable and I just had the best time being prepped by him. Oh, so it's really well. Good. Yeah. And it helps because you obviously he can see you like in person, you know, so it's nice. Yeah, um, I've had a better coach. Yeah. We had a couple questions as well from um, the audience. Uh, so one of the questions was, what is your favorite glute exercise? So what do you feel is like the exercise, the best exercise for the glutes? Wow. Um, I'd say hip thrust. Yeah. And, and um, I don't know what the name for it is. Some people call it ass bench, but it's the one where you lie down with your stomach on the bench and then you would do um it's on the smith machine you would oh. kick the machine with both legs at the same time ah, frog, okay. like a reverse frog if that makes I know sense you're about. Uh -huh. yeah i really like those two but i, I think really i think you have a video of you doing them yeah yeah i try okay. to do them every week it's a very small movement but you know it's really good what which day because uh, i think i remember you posted it oh it's not in this one actually it's um it <laughs> i was still um like a week out from the second show um did you post it on here yeah i did it's a, it's a bit above actually as in higher this way yeah, higher like it's more recent <laughs> um it's just before my second show yeah the the one with the uh, black rings yeah this one yeah yes this is it uh -huh. <laughs> yeah yeah that does look like a really good exercise i actually haven't tried it before yeah same i've never tried it yeah but it looks really really good yeah so guys if you want to find out more about her training you can go on her instagram yes how do you pronounce your last name uh, <laughs> it's Zvodnaya. Zvodnaya. It's not even a common Russian surname. Um, it's quite rare even for Russian. So yeah, I don't think I've I don't think I've heard it before. Um, but it is obviously Russian. Um, the ending. Were you born and raised in, in Russia? No, so I was born um and I lived in Latvia until I was 10. And okay. then I came to England. Very cool. But your parents originally are from Russia. Yeah, so they moved to Latvia from Russia in the 90s. Yeah. In the USSR. Latvian? Broke up. Um, I used to speak Latvian fluently, but because it wasn't my first language, it was my second language, and I had no use for it when I came to England, I forgot it. So um, I still know some words, but no, not really. Okay. But you speak yeah. Russian fluently. Like we speak in Russian to each other. It's Aww. like half, half Russian, half English. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, another question we got was, since wellness is a new division, do you think the winner of the Olympia will be what, def what will define where the category is going to go? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Currently... We're looking at people like Yarishna, mm -hmm. Angela, um, Franciel, 
Francis mm. um, Issa. There's a few others, I think. But there's people constantly coming out of the shadows, I guess, and just yeah. Um, <laughs> But I, I just think the standard will keep elevating. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And people will just keep learning new ways to train legs and like, like just genetic freaks keep coming out and, you know, training harder and better. So yeah, yeah. it will keep evolving. So yeah. Who is um, like one of your favorite wellness pros or someone that you like admire a lot? I'd say my favorite is Angela Borges. Okay. Do you know who that is? The blonde Brazilian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know who it is. Yeah, she's yeah. really, she's tall too. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And there's so many competitors. Like, I feel like this division stemmed from Brazil. Um, yeah. So there's so many Brazilian girls. And I guess with um with wellness you do have to have the genetics to be able to do very well in that division because it's so specific you know yeah um yeah yeah just seeing if we have any yeah other... trying to see if we have any other questions yeah um let's see I was just telling Sammy how your physique was rated on Foa's podcast. Did you catch that? <laughs> yeah. Very cool. That yeah. was so cool. You were the first girl that they ever did. I think so, yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. That's, did they just like randomly find, like, find your physique? Um, I think my partner, Matt, commented on one of their um, posts. Yeah. Like when they do like, a, um, you can comment whose physiques like you want them to rate on mm -hmm. their next mm -hmm. so we did that that's yeah. awesome yeah because I, I think I saw I think you shared it on your story and I saw mm. I was like that's yeah. so cool um when it comes to uh you competing in wellness next year do you think you're gonna try and do like European shows or are you gonna try and do the U.S. shows I think both um, I prefer to do a European because it's less hassle with visas and everything. Yeah. But I, I would definitely do a US show in the future regardless. So either one, I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind, I think. I think the good thing about US is you get more exposure. Um, it obviously is harder because I feel like in the US, the standard is slightly higher. There's a lot more competitors but you do get noticed more um, as opposed to Europe. So I think definitely if you have the opportunity to do both, then that would be good. Um, your posing is really, really good. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it's like really natural. And it's crazy that you haven't competed before because your posing is like on point. Um, you should definitely offer like posing, posing classes for wellness because I don't actually know many people who do wellness posing especially in the uk right yeah is yeah. it i'm trying to think is it do you have to do quarter turns when you do the posing or is it like bikini where you do like front pose and then back pose um on the comparisons it's quarter turns and then in your eye walk you can make it whatever you want but okay. it's very similar to bikini 
yeah, yeah. but I think there's a few nuances that are slightly different yeah I've seen um bikini posing coaches do wellness posing uh right. coach so I think it's very similar yeah uh, my posing coach is a lady called Tekla she's a figure IFBB pro Mm-hmm. So her username is T Tekla on Instagram. Okay. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really where, good. Where is she based? Is she based in um London? She is, I believe, in Wales. I don't know where exactly. Um oh, she's in Wales. So did you do on like online Skype? Okay. Yeah, we did those Zoom sessions. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Awesome. All throughout my Yeah. But I went from just being so bad I was really bad really what you saw yeah honestly it was all thanks to her so I thought maybe you had like I don't know you did some dancing before or yeah, you had just that flow like, naturally yeah it honestly <laughs> looks like it looks really really good um and I guess like when you go on stage I know this this was for me like you just get like that energy like as soon as you walk on that stage and you just like you just become sassy all of a sudden. It's really funny. Yeah. I yeah. love the recent video that you posted, like you were about to step on stage. And oh, you just, yeah. You got in your zone and fierce walking out. It was so good. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I was very nervous. I think um, I was hiding it well. I think I was just like, you know, until you make it. I was very nervous. Oh, yeah. my God. I remember in my pro debut, New York Pro, I was shaking. I couldn't even control it. My leg was like shaking on my last pose. Did you feel like that at all or you were you were good? It's only when I was walking on and at the beginning, but then the more time I spent on stage, I just got in the groove of it. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is really scary though, especially like when you have like, you know, the pressure of like pro card and you know, you want to make sure you do well. Yeah. Um yeah i um, think it will be scarier at the bigger shows in the future yeah, yeah. but then also i feel like because you're you're only 21 that's another thing guys Vic is only 21 um so i feel like you have so much time to improve so your physique you know what i mean um so yeah like most of the people you'll compete against will probably be older than you as well yeah 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 i mean angela i think is in her late 30s or maybe 40 something wow i don't think it matters but it's just an example of different muscle maturity yeah exactly that's that's the difference is muscle maturity and obviously size in in different areas um random question so (laughs) someone told me that you have this obsession with whales (laughs) <laughs> like the animal it's I don't think it's an obsession but I just recently I randomly just saw a really cool video on Instagram of like a whale like mm-hmm. in the water and the sound they make and I was yeah. just captivated I was like whoa I've never actually taken the time to you know like learn about check them. out whales or learn about them yeah. So then I've been watching loads of videos about them and I'm just so fascinated for some reason. But I really like the sounds that they make. Yeah. <laughs> have you heard of this um 
I'm not sure if it's a documentary, but there's something about the loneliest whale in the world. Have you heard of that? Oh, I haven't, I haven't seen it. Um, so it basically, it produces, you know, so you, the noise that a whale makes, it's called hertz. Like it's measured in hertz. Okay, yeah. Hertz, how do you pronounce it? You know, the, the sound wave. Don't know how you pronounce it. But you know the noise. Yeah. So apparently whales make a noise that's between 10 and 20 hertz. Um, whereas this lonely whale, uh, it makes a noise that's 50 hertz. So it's like a lot higher. And like scientists found that it can't find a mate because no other whale is making that same pitch or something like that. Okay. I thought maybe you'd know about it, but it just randomly, literally two days ago, I read about this online somewhere. Um, That's cool. um, actually, I'll check it out. Just search like loneliest whale. That's so sad. Oh, it's so sad, isn't it? So their frequencies have to match for them to meet? I think something like that. Like they, they make a noise so that the mate knows where they are. That's yeah. basically, you know how like birds sing? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, but in the water, obviously they can't, the only noises they can make is those like ultrasonic sounds um, because they're underwater. So that's the whale noise basically. Um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I was going to also ask you about um, when it comes to like post-show, as long as you like comfortable sharing it, but I think something that's quite common and Annabelle can talk about this, I can talk about it, is coming out of show, like doing a prep, especially when it's your first time. And a lot of people don't really talk about the struggles that they face, you know, with everything, with routine, with nutrition. Um so when you came out of your prep, did you have a plan in place or, you know, did you just like kind of take a few weeks off? Like what was your kind of approach to coming out of your prep? I should have had a plan and I, I thought I would, but mm-hmm. I just didn't commit to it enough. Um, I didn't make that intention. Yeah. So because during my prep I was kind of just fantasizing about food like crazy just making a list of everything I'm gonna have post-show and everything I want all the places I want to go to eat um I just binged really hard uh I mean I'm sure people have done it more than I did but it was quite bad um I was just bloated every day just um I was still sticking to some bodybuilding meals um that my partner put together for me but Mm -hmm. kind of following it loosely and then just giving into my cravings um just impulsively kind of or compulsively eating just shoving food into my face yeah um just cake and cookies and yeah Yeah. just making up for everything I thought I I needed Mm -hmm. um but it's definitely an illusion. It's all, you know, psychological. 100%. Mm-hmm. And the I thing is, like, do that. yeah, our bodies are really smart. And we actually do go into like this animal um, mode, basically, where, you know, you can tell yourself one thing, but because of the hormones, because of the body fat levels, because of the restriction, you still like, you find a reason to have it you know Um, I think we like we've all gone through that I had a really tough time post show as well Um, and I guess the main thing to like keep in mind is that like you're human it's not you shouldn't think of yourself less of an athlete 
Um, especially when it's like your first time, I do feel that every time you diet, even if it's not for a show, you get better at it. You like, you learn about it more. You understand like why you feel a certain way. Um, yeah, so I think we all go through that. How long has it been since the last show? So I competed on May the 2nd. Okay. How are you feeling now in terms of the cravings and like binging? Is it better? Has it like subsided? Yeah, it's almost, well, it's pretty much gone. Um, after a month, or maybe just over a month, I completely, you know, stopped. It just disappeared, basically. But I did feel really bad about myself. Um, just felt quite low. I did feel like a bad bodybuilder, for sure, especially a wellness athlete, because my gut, my midsection was so blown up. Mm-hmm. But I did not look like wellness anymore. Um, yeah, now it's gone to the point where I'm actually struggling to get my meals in. My appetite is not really there. So I'm trying to fix that, just trying to stay on structure, eat all my meals. Um, I'm having snacks here and there mm-hmm. and cheat meals a couple of times a week. But it's pretty good for the most part. I feel healthy. I think my hormones have stabilized. So, yeah that's really good yeah yeah no that's awesome because yeah it will take a, some time and obviously every for everyone it's different um but yeah considering that it's only two months post show like that's awesome yeah yeah do you have any more questions annabelle i'm thinking <laughs> um, um i was gonna potentially ask like when it comes to training um you know how there's like all these different approaches circulating in the industry like super high volume or like low volume power building like there's literally so so many different what would you say from like the point that you started training to now because your legs are so impressive and like we're not just saying this like you actually have like some of the craziest legs I've ever seen do you think that there's a specific approach that helped with that a specific training style um you know something that you would recommend people to do if they really want to focus on building their legs apart from don't be a pussy (laughs) (laughs) good question yeah that's a good question so i'd say now my training is very similar to when i started um when i got serious at the beginning so which is high volume and high intensity. Mm-hmm. So basically going as heavy as I can for just loads of volume. I always use techniques like supersets, drop sets, um, cluster sets. Mm-hmm. And for a while uh, last year, I kind of fell into the low volume, high intensity mm-hmm. thing, um, log booking, trying to go as heavy as possible progressing all my reps and my weight um and I think it wasn't sustainable for me I did it for about six months and then I went back to high volume um and not trying to go as heavy but just kind of like feeling the muscle yeah Yeah, and I think that aligns more with wellness what wellness is Mm -hmm. so I've kind of gone back to my roots um with what I started yeah like 
which has is, is always been high volume. And then, you know, along the way, I kind of, I, I tried out the low volume thing, but yeah. now I can see more and more, I think high volume and high intensity is the best for, for me. Okay. Um, but I definitely think um, a volume gives you volume visually. And I think that's what wellness is. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, sorry, we were talking about it, how like when you have like a low volume approach, the muscle looks very different to if you do high volume. And obviously like with bodybuilding, the whole point is hypertrophy. Um, so it makes sense to do more volume as opposed to like going, like doing powerlifting basically, you know? Um, so yeah, what were you gonna say? I was gonna ask if you ever had any kind of injury or if you felt like niggles when you were doing that training, like the log book, beating the numbers, heavy weight. um I don't think I got any injuries doing that method but I do have a hamstring tear which I got um going into the splits on my left leg without stretching Mm -hmm. Um, I was 16 I was trying to show off and it was really stupid but yeah I tore my left hamstring and it's healed pretty well on its own for the most part but it still bothers me and it um holds me back in some things where I've just got kind of uh the hamstring tear has traveled up into my hips so I've got like a hip shift and I've got a really tight lower back and I've got little niggles Mm -hmm. my shoulder has a niggle as well but you know I work through it it's nothing kind of too major yeah Yeah. so do you do um I don't know, do you see anybody for it? Do you do like rehab work on it, on the hip, on the shoulder? Yeah, I do see um, a sports therapist, um, sports massage. I don't know the correct term, mm-hmm. but I get the deep tissue work and um, that helps down on it. And stretching is a big thing as well. Mm-hmm. You need to be better at stretching. That's one yeah. thing. We all do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's not that sounds like I think most of us have like some sort of niggle you know and as long as you're aware of them and you know when you're training and especially when you're going heavier you're making sure you're aware of that because I feel like so many people start to compensate their form when they train heavier or if they get fatigued um so yeah yeah I'm having to um sorry constantly readjust between sets and like during the set constantly trying to realign my hips into place and things like that so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I do a bit of that as well to be fair um yeah you have a similar thing too right Sammy yeah exactly yeah I think the thing is mine stemmed from my ankle but I also have like a hamstring problem which went up into my hip and then I also have a shoulder issue so <laughs> yeah it's just it's like a long starts from the bottom goes to the top okay. yeah <laughs> but yeah I think that's pretty much all our questions um I think it's been a pretty good podcast thanks for coming on thank you so much it was awesome talking yeah. loved it awesome and also we're so excited to follow your journey um to next year to the stage 
So can we find you on YouTube or anything? Are you going to be posting um, like your, I don't know what you want to call it, your journey to the pro stage? Yeah, I've just started YouTube. I need to get better at it, um, just be better at editing, but I will yeah. try to post every week. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, all I've got in the works is training sessions, but mm -hmm. I think as I start prep, I'll definitely document more of that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I try to post regularly on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think I could share more definitely of my diet and things like that. So yeah. once it gets more exciting, if I start yeah. when I start prep, I think I'll do more. Because I think it's it's interesting because there's not a lot of wellness pros again who I think share this kind of stuff. You know, training, life blog, and all of that. There's loads of bikini. There's loads of figure um so i think it'd be really cool if you shared it and i think loads of people find that interesting because it isn't it is a category that is like growing so i think it's there's going to be more interest and yeah. the, i'm sure there's going to be bikini girls who don't want to you know hold back their training who are then going to want to transition to wellness yeah. um so i think it's yeah it's great if you if you're one of the people who start posting about it um but yeah, like the pioneer. <laughs> yeah, be the pioneer. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, and we will catch you soon. Yeah, I loved it. Thank you.